Victor Khomaswano with the Africa Business Report. We've seen the bill for battling Ebola rising and rising and rising. And of course, it is a bill that must be paid. But has anyone dared to try and put a longer term figure on the economic consequences of, of Ebola? Because if we don't nip this thing in the bud soon, we're going to have generations of problems, Victor. Yeah, because I had, I had a number like 21,000 bruise cases by the end of the year. I think it's the WHO or something like that. I don't think anybody has the understanding of what the long-term impact is going to be, but we are beginning to see it in areas that aren't directly involved. For example, Ivory Coast, which is not one of the three countries, Liberia, Guinea, and Sierra Leone, that are red light districts or whatever it is. But because Ivory Coast and Ghana together produce about 60% of the world cocoa production, we saw already on the commodities, agricultural commodities market, the price of cocoa going up by close to 7% last week. And that's just the sign that because the Ivory Coast shares a border with Liberia and Guinea, yeah. and, and the argument here is not just plucked out of the sky, Bruce. The border control is not particularly at its best. And people who work on these farms travel around a lot, which means they cross the border from one side to the other. So what the futures experts are saying, look, think about it. There will be a risk here in a way that Ivory Coast will eventually not be able to meet the demands. And the last time Ivory Coast had a problem with the, with a civil war, and that is when the Watara and, and was the other gentleman, Lohan Bagpo were fighting for who should be in office. There was a big shortage on the market and this, the, the prices, cocoa futures spiked to 32-year highs. So this is not a war, but at the same time, it's, it's unquantifiable. So nobody quite knows what the risk is. Nobody what know. So although like Lagos, I saw, has been declared Ebola-free. And by the way, Lagos itself is, is part of Nigeria, which is the fourth largest producer. Yeah. So you have three countries in West Africa in areas that are prone to Ebola. And you have an inability to know for sure how long this will continue for and when we will bring it under control. And that's where the, the, the spillover effects are being seen outside. But the United Nations is, is doing something, advanced teams. They set up something in Ghana yesterday, 193 or so member General Assembly is agreeing that there should be an action. And they have set up an Ebola emergency response center. But whether these things will yield anything, Bruce, I don't know. So in the end, I guess I'm... I'm ambivalent about this. I'm, I'm not sure whether I should say I should panic or I should take it easy because Ebola is not, again, it's not like SARS. It's not like one of those flus where you can say eventually get treatment. You, I was you, just reading Fortune yeah. magazine today about how in American labs and they're growing the drugs required yeah. to fight Ebola using tobacco plants. Yeah. And ironically, it's one of R.J. Reynolds, the owners of Camel Cigarettes, yeah. are at the forefront of developing the vaccines um, which are developed using the, the, the structure yeah. of tobacco leaves. Well, it's an extraordinary story. It's not surprising. More is used in treatment of serious medical conditions and if you use it incorrectly it becomes a drug so that that people get addicted to so i agree america has come to the party china has done something japan has done something it's world of countries of the world but i want to see more west african countries and at the moment i hear mixed messages about what exactly the action plan is but in the end as i say when you start seeing cocoa which has already been suffering a lot of vagaries of the world commodities markets you, you are going to see now the impact flowing over into 
areas that we never expected would be affected by Ebola. Uh, uh, let's move on to other things because the world does continue despite Ebola. The Nairobi Stock Exchange. Yeah, let's yeah. go to the other <laughs> side of the continent, yeah, yeah, uh, which yeah. is Ebola-free. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about uh, the really strong performances we're seeing there. Exactly. No, and, and it's amazing. You remember when the JSE listed all... So the Nairobi Stock Exchange as a company listed on the Nairobi Stock Exchange and people who have been buying that shares, Bruce, have seen phenomenal growth, more than 160% growth in the value of the stock in a matter of weeks. So it is one of those things. But, I mean, there are other shares that are doing very well. Equity Bank, which is the share, the company that's associated with M-Pesa, valued over $2.2 billion for the first time. is the only company now, the bank on the Nairobi Stock Exchange, that's valued at more than $2 billion. And the only other company with a bigger valuation is East African Breweries Limited. And this is now 33 billion shillings ahead of its rival, Kenya Commercial Bank. So it is a good indicator that the Nairobi Stock Exchange is really cooking. It is a regional stock exchange mm. for all intents and purposes. It's not just the Nairobi Stock Exchange. There are companies that are listed in other countries as well. So it is proving to be the real hub. But what I just like is how the stock exchange itself listed and people who got to buy the shares are going to realize growth of more than 200% probably in the short term. Brilliant. Nice to hear. I, I hear rumors of a South African smartphone coming to market fairly soon, but the Nigerians have actually developed a smartphone. They they are, and it's a company called Slock. I I didn't know the name, but the man behind it, Mr. Kalu, is one of the top, I think, top five billionaires in Nigeria. So he's not a small a small player in the market. He wants to develop a telephone. The company is called Slock. It's invested in a whole lot of other company industries like shipping or so, but they are planning to produce a low-cost telephone and remember, Nigeria already has its own tablet. It's not the work of the same company. It's the work of a company called Xenox Electronics, Xenox Computers, it's run by a man called Stan Ecker. But it's just an indication that the Nigerians have figured out we are we are billionaires in other sectors, but we are having to take advantage of the numbers that we have. Over 100 million people, if we produce the telephone, a cell phone that people can afford, and he's Nigerian, he's got the Naira signs and all those things, it will work. So Mr. Kalu here knows what he's talking about. He's not a billionaire for nothing. He's the former governor of the state, uh, governor of Abia State. So he, But he is, as I say, in the top five, I think, when we measure wealth. He's among the people like Dangote. And when he says he can... And develop something he talks about before the end of the year that we'll be having a Nigerian phone. Here we go, Victor Homeswan with the Africa Business Report from the tragic to the inspirational on the Money Show.